So we have a DFS episode for you today, and we'll be hitting up a few dozen players. But first, Tags and I are actually going to be drafting against one another at Draft.com. I'm using the app. The website's great. The app is beautiful, though. You all can download the app at Google Play or the App Store. If you just type in Draft, it's going to come up first. So Tags, why don't you explain what we're doing here? We are doing a weekly draft. Like if you're out of it, like let's say Dalvin Cook got injured. Let's say someone got hurt and your your season long league is screwed up. This is a weekly draft that we get to do uh, where you're going to go through there. You're only picking five players, one quarterback, two running backs, and then two pass catchers, whether it be a wide receiver or tight end. And it goes in snake style. It is rapid, man. It already Our draft already started and I got the number man, one pick. Man, it is going so fast. This league filled up in like what? Five seconds. I had to, we, we actually tried to start a draft and I didn't get into the first one because it took five seconds for me to like try to get in. Everyone else beat me to it. So Tags is doing his second draft here. I had the third pick. I was definitely taking one of the best three running backs this week. Uh, that's Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, and, uh, and Todd Gurley. I got Elliott with the third overall pick. I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm not loving anybody at wide receiver this week. So I'll probably get my two towards the end and we'll see what happens. Uh, tags, who you eyeing up and what pick do you have? Uh, so I got, I got the first pick. Um, oh, I'm pretty, that was I'm pretty exci- yeah, that was me. I, I got to pick first in this one. So I'm doing two drafts at one time. So the, but the one that we're doing together, it, I got Le'Veon Bell number one. So I am, I'm pumped. I, I've never had the number one pick. This is, I do multiple ones of these a week. So you guys pay attention when I post them so that you guys can follow along. Uh, but yeah, I never had the number one pick. So I was able to snag Le'Veon Bell again against the Jaguars, which should be money in the bank. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later, Tags. Um, so the second round is coming up. It actually slowed down a little bit. This is the slowest draft I've seen. And we're almost in the second round already. Like these things blaze. We're talking it takes like five minutes to finish one of these drafts. And so you can do like a hundred of them in a week if you want to. And it's a lot of fun. The more you do, the better you get at it and uh, the, the higher advantage you have over people. So Right now, I'm eyeing Leonard Fournette. I would love to get him. He's going to be a workhorse against Pittsburgh, and we'll talk about that again later. Uh, I think he might drop to me at 2.8. If he doesn't, I'm probably going to go ahead and take my quarterback now because there's only a couple that I really love this week. Yeah, no, it's really weird at quarterback. So like when I was writing up the primer this week, I was going through it and I was like, oh, this guy should be considered a QB two. And, you know, once I got through and all done with it, I came back and I looked at it. And I'm like, there's only like seven guys that I feel confident at as like a QB one this week. Whereas like Deshaun Watson, I thought he would be like a high end QB two. He's he's a number nine in my rankings. Carson Wentz is right in that same territory. So it's it's a really ugly week at quarterback. So like I know, I know this is obviously going to be the DFS episode. So um, we're going to talk about this and like whether or not you pay up for quarterback. It's racking my brain here but these are going fast we're already up at the end of the second round this is rough Leonard Fournette was taken Aaron Rodgers was taken there goes Russell Wilson um you know I can go uh oh Lamar Miller he was the other guy I had my eye on so I'm just gonna go ahead and take Dak Prescott before there's like no good quarterbacks left I mean there's plenty of solid quarterbacks and I never reach for quarterbacks in these drafts but I'm getting one here in the second round before it's too late yeah, I'm pretty psyched. Uh, right now, it looks like I'm going to get either DeAndre Hopkins or Des Bryant, and that's fantastic to me. Um, I, Those I, are the two I wanted next round. Don't do that to me, man. Yeah, Leave so, one for me. Oh, I actually get two picks here, so they're both going to be gone, Bobby, because I was, I've, as you know, I have the turn. So Des Bryant and DeAndre Hopkins, welcome to my team. Des Bryant, so it's it's really interesting, Bobby. I know your pick's going to be coming up here in a second, but Green Bay, they drafted Kevin King for a reason in the second round of this draft. They drafted him for, for situations like this. They tried using Kevin King in some shadow situations with AJ Green a couple weeks ago. He didn't do poorly, but it's going to be interesting to see how they try and cover Des Bryant. Because if you recall, last year in that playoff game, Des Bryant scored two touchdowns against them. Man, this sucks. You took both my guys. I've got Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott right now. So it would have been nice if I could have got Des too. Just, you know, get all the Dallas guys in that big juicy matchup. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to go with a wide receiver here. T.Y. Hilton is not uh, a safe play by any means, but going against San Francisco, he could have a huge game. So he's the best guy left on the board. I guess that's who I got to take. T.Y. Hilton, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset with that at all. Uh, I actually I'm, like I'm to- not. He's just, you know, a few steps behind Des Bryant. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's in the territory. I think he's close to DeAndre Hopkins. It, you know, Andrew Luck, by the way, he started he started throwing in practice. So that's always yes, positive. I, I was looking at a few of my teams and it's it's been kind of rough, man. Like, I, I've held on to him. And, you know, obviously at the point now where people are still asking me, Mike, do I drop him? No, I don't think you can, you know, just because we're at the point now you've held on to him so long that you just kind of have to roll with the punches here. I mean, I'm in bye week hell. I I legitimately am in a couple leagues, so it's really brutal and I've had to at least think about it. But but no, Andrew Luck, I'm hanging on to him. I mean, here's the question. Would you drop Tom Brady in this circumstance? He's a better fantasy quarterback than Tom Brady when he's healthy. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, it's tough to argue. It's tough to say. Over the past three years, he's closer to Aaron Rodgers in fantasy points than he is Tom Brady. Well, he's number two. That's I mean, that's that that, that just goes to show why I was willing to take someone like Andrew Luck in drafts, even though yeah. I knew he was going to miss some weeks. But it's still it's it's a risky proposition uh, hanging on to him continually and just waiting. Uh, and we don't even know. Let's say he comes back and the shoulder isn't correct. I think it's going to be. I think once Andrew Luck takes the field, I think we should have no concern about it because they've, they've been keeping him out for quite some time, just trying to make sure that he's okay. Um, so once he comes back, I'm obviously putting him in lineup. So, but there is a little bit of risk that's involved. So it's coming back up to my fourth and fifth round picks. And I got to make sure tag doesn't snipe me again, back to back. Last time we did this tags beat me and it was humiliating. <laughs> um, it was not good. So I don't want that to happen again. I'm looking at a running back here because there's just so many wide receivers to choose from. Tex, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't taken Dak Prescott, would he have made it back to me? Yeah, he would have. Because like the thing is with quarterbacks in these, so it's a 10-team league. Uh, that's the way it works. And the way, the position where we're at with our picks, Bobby, in the fourth and fifth round, a lot of people in these drafts seem to wait at quarterback. Well, well there will at least be three or four teams who are without a quarterback going into that last round. And considering that we're on the turn where I'm about to have my 4-10 and 5-1, picks I knew that I'd be able to get a quarterback there that was at least at the bottom of the tier like a Ben Roethlisberger like he's like the the bottom of the QB ones where I feel this week just he's at home it's a tough matchup against Jacksonville but I figured like Roethlisberger or Palmer would have been there uh at that 410-51 pick yeah so tags I'm looking at uh I know you don't need wide receivers because you took my two guys so I'm looking at running backs right now there is one more course left it's not a great matchup uh, but Amir Abdul is sitting there. He's going to get at least 15 touches, probably closer to 20. Um, and I know he doesn't get the uh, the goal line work or anything like that. And he doesn't get a lot of third down work because theoretics there. But he is going to get 15 to 20 touches. It's a safe play. And uh, I need some safety since I drafted T.Y. Hilton. So that's who I'm eyeing right now. If not, I've got a couple wide receivers I like quite a bit. Yeah, it's really rough on me right now because I went Le'Veon Bell. I grabbed the two wide receivers. And looking at running back right now, it's kind of pitiful. Uh, we have like my decision. If I knew that, I don't think Ty Montgomery plays like, I think we need to get that out of the way. I, I I really can't see any way he plays. So I'm I'm stuck choosing between someone like Joe Mixon, Isaiah Crowell, Frank Gore. Boring picks. Up. Yeah, I'm I'm up now. So I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with Joe Mixon just because he's been getting touches. Oh yuck! I know. I'm not I'm not excited about it. But all the running backs are kind of gone. I don't want to take Frank Gore. Yeah, and uh, shouldn't have taken my guys, man. Let this be a lesson. <laughs> it is a lesson that I'm learning. And I got I'm gonna grab Ben Roethlisberger. He is the quarterback that was left there for me, and that's kind of where I figured I would be. But having Ben Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell on the same team, a little risky. But at the same time, when you're talking about the Steelers at home, Ben Roethlisberger. Dating back to the start of last year, he hasn't scored fewer than 17 fantasy points at home. 
So I did get Amir Abdullah, by the way. I need one more wide receiver to fill out my team. And I was thinking Golden Tate or Adam Thielen. I was leaning towards Adam Thielen. He's playing on Monday night, so we're not going to be talking about him too much on this uh, podcast because we only talk about the main Sunday slate. But the Chicago Bears, they're really good at stopping number ones. They're going to be keying on Stephon Diggs. And Adam Thielen, I tell you what, this boy can play some football. So I'm excited about that pick here in the fifth round. I was surprised to see, because like obviously this is where we're now at the end of the draft. It's wrapping up right now. Uh, but I was surprised to see you leave. Uh, Travis Kelsey was on the board when you selected Adam Thielen. And I know you don't have to take tight ends, but I felt like Travis Kelsey's in a good spot this week. And if he was there in the fifth round for me, I may have debated him over someone like Thielen. I thought about him. Yeah, but I like Thielen a little more. Tight ends just aren't as important in these leagues. So, Tags, why don't you tell us your final roster? I'll tell mine, and we can let the uh, the listeners tell us who has the better roster. I think last time I got more votes than you, but I got whooped. Yeah, I ended up winning that league, so I was pretty happy about it. Um, but my, my team right now is Roethlisberger, and I have Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon, two, two guys who should see you know 15-plus touches. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is the best play on the board this week. Uh, and then at wide receiver, I feel like I have two studs, Des Bryant against Green Bay, and then DeAndre Hopkins against Kansas City. And just just, just as a as a forewarning, DeAndre Hopkins against Kansas City, he doesn't line up against Marcus Peters uh, on his side of the field more than maybe 25% of the time. So DeAndre Hopkins is actually a really, really solid play this week. I love Hopkins this week. Tags, your team's better than mine. I have to admit it. Um, my team, I got Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott against Green Bay. Amir Abdullah, Workhorse, face Carolina. T.Y. Hilton face San Francisco and Adam Thielen at Chicago. So let's see. At the end of the draft, it actually tells you how they project your team's This is the second straight time we've done it that I've got the number two projected team in the league. Tags is behind me again. So we'll see how that works out for us. I do like Tags team more. You all can tweet us at Mike Taglier NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro to let us know who won. All right, guys, and make sure to go to draft.com forward slash pros. That way you will get notified when either Bobby or myself starts up a draft. Yes, when you sign up through that link forward slash pros, it automatically has you guys follow us so that you guys can get notified once we start a draft. By the way, that's pros, P-R-O-S. We had a couple people ask, so wanted to clear it up. By the way, we're giving away two Hall of Fame upgrades to our website. The Hall of Fame tier is the highest level we have, so it would get people everything on the site. Start, sit, trade, waiver wire tools, DFS. If an existing subscriber wins, we're just going to give you the upgrade for next year. Guys, this is big time, so make sure to review and subscribe us on iTunes. Then take a screenshot and send us your entry to us at contest at fantasypros.com. Again, we're going to be drawing out two names to give away two Hall of Fame upgrades to our website for a year. All right, let's talk some football. I'm Bobby Sylvester with Mike Tagliere, and this is the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Tags, it's good to be back, buddy. You did an awesome job while I was out, man. I appreciate that, Bobby. I had to learn a few things. I had a lot of people reaching out to me saying, Mike, slow down when you're talking. You know, you gotta you gotta take it easy when you're in the in, in Bobby's chair. And I, I I had to learn some things, and I think that I actually did, even though it was only like what, a week and a half. But you were out taking care of your newborn. How how is the family doing? How are you doing, man? Everything's great, man. Everyone's healthy, pretty well rested, more so than uh than the first two kids. The baby just sleeps well and uh been cleaning up a lot, but um, you know, I think our house is actually in better shape than it was before the baby was born because I haven't been working as much and you got to clean a lot. So, you know, what's funny is I think you forget about that, right? I think you forget about how easy it is. Like when they're first born, it's just like they sleep. That's all they do. And then, and then you're at the stage where I'm at right now, where my, yeah. my, my little guy has three teeth coming through at the same time. I feel 
awful for him. I know when I have a toothache, it's like the end of the world. So I can't imagine how he's feeling. Yeah. So you had it easy while I was gone. I mean, I know you had to like fill my shoes, like doing the host role and everything, but you didn't have me talking trash about Amari Cooper just being horrible. So now I'm back. Oh. Now you actually have to defend yourself. Bad take, man. Bad take. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't even defend it right now. Right now, Amari Cooper's playing like crap. EJ Manuel's the quarterback for the Raiders. I I have zero He's going defense. to this week, too, because he has a hard matchup, and it's going to look bad, but I'm trading for Amari Cooper. I just traded for him in two leagues, Tags. What did you trade for him? I, I'm curious, because there's a lot of people out there who are asking me, is Amari Cooper a buy low? And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with trading for him, because his value is at an all-time low, but at the same time, Derek Carr is a guy who suffered an injury that I've suffered before. I've had a fractured vertebrae before, and I know how it feels. Ooh. And I, so when I went to the doctor, there's nothing they can do surgery-wise. You know, they're going to want to send you through therapy. But at the same time, they said bed rest. Bed rest for like four weeks. And that's what I had to do. That was the only way that I can get better before I go. I got to go back to work. So Derek Carr may have like a four-week period where he's gone. I don't know. It, it, they're it, saying two to six weeks. I'd be surprised if it was less than four. Yeah, and it's really tough to come back from that, guys. Like, I, I just, I understand how it feels, and it, it doesn't feel good. So, with Amari Cooper, if, if you're trading for him, don't give away too much, just because we're at the point in fantasy season where you're going through bye weeks, and you don't want to start someone with EJ Manuel as his quarterback. You just don't want to do it. I traded him, I'm sorry, I traded Lamar Miller for Amari Cooper and Amir Abdullah. Uh, Amir Abdullah, people are low on him right now, but he's getting a ton of work, so so I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, I don't really like Abdullah much worse than Lamar Miller. Right. I probably wouldn't have gone out of my way to get Amari Cooper, but I'd happen to get him in two leagues. I traded in a two-quarterback league. I got him for, you know, some mid-range quarterback. So I was pretty pumped about that. Amari Cooper's a solid player. I know he has a lot of drops, but he's an extremely good athlete. I don't think EJ Manuel's that bad. He's behind a great offensive line, and uh, we'll get to see what he's made of here. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about one of my favorite plays in the board and the one that I'm willing to go to bat for once we get to the running back position because of kind of everything that's going on with that with that Raiders situation. So I- I'm looking forward to this episode. I feel good. I feel ready. There's a lot of questions that, that I kind of have on this DFS slate that I can't wait to talk about. So by the way, I've been getting a ton of questions on Twitter. It's Bobby Fantasy Pro. Uh, so I want to say sorry. I haven't hardly responded to any of them. Had baby number three. Took off two weeks from Twitter. I'll be back next Monday answering a lot of questions. So get them in. Uh, I'll still post my rankings, cash game lineup for DFS, uh, bold predictions. So you can look out for those on Twitter. I'll get back to writing next week too. Appreciate you guys being patient and uh, probably flooding tags inbox quite a bit. <laughs> my inbox is full throughout the week, and I, I know I, I should apologize because I don't get to too many while I'm writing the primer. As you guys know, I put so much like blood, sweat, and tears into that thing. When it goes up, yeah. I just it's kind of like a sigh, just like. Oh, I could finally relax for the week. And, and if you guys haven't heard, by the way, I'm doing if you live in the Chicagoland area, check my timeline. Um, we're doing a meetup myself, Evan Silva, Andy Barons, a lot of guys, Pat Fitzmaurice, a lot of guys from Chicago. We're going to go meet up uh, with a bunch of our followers. So if you guys want to come hang out, talk some football with me, uh, like I said, check my timeline. Uh, we're doing that this Friday. I think I'll probably show up in my uh, my Bears jersey and booty shorts. How's that sound, Tags? Sweet. I get to, I actually get to make sure that you do this because I haven't I haven't stayed on you about that, but it's it's got to happen at some point. Should should we add um, something to the combine bet that the combine person has to do in booty shorts? Oh, I mean, God. that's what they wear during the combine, right? They do. And it leaves very little to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tex, we're going to start with quarterback here. I'm projecting a ton of ownership on Aaron Rodgers. He's projected for 20 more fantasy points. 20% more fantasy points than any other quarterback. 
Yeah, his price is huge, but it's against the Cowboys. They're secondary. It's just too good to pass up in cash games, right, Tags? It really is. I mean, especially on top of the fact that you consider that the running backs are ailing for the Packers. You have Ty Montgomery, who I can't see playing. He has multiple cracked ribs, guys. I don't know why a running back would want to play through that. I understand the toughness factor and all that, yada, yada. I don't think he plays. Even so, the Cowboys have a good run defense. So, like, what's he going to do out there? Well, with Sean Lee, Sean Lee missed last week. And if Sean Lee misses, that's a really big blow to the the Cowboys defense in the in the run game but at the same time Aaron Jones is a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield just to, just as you know Ty Montgomery is I'm not going to say he can do it as well but the run game just it, it it's not a priority for the Packers so Aaron Rodgers going into a dome where you don't have to worry about weather you going against a team that could put points up on the scoreboard go back and forth with him it's got one of the highest over-unders of the week there's there's really not anything to dislike about his matchup the only concern is that you're spending up right he's 8100 on DraftKings and he's 9,500, which is like head and shoulders above everybody else on FanDuel. So at FanDuel, it's a little tougher to fit him in the lineups, but in DraftKings, I think you can make it work. There's so much money on FanDuel to spend. I mean, everyone has a huge budget, so you can definitely make it work. I'm using Aaron Rodgers in cash games. Uh, There's one other guy I have my eye on, but I want to say this about Aaron Jones. I said it during the preseason. He has star potential. He could be a first round fantasy pick. He could be a top five fantasy pick if he becomes a full-time starting running back. Now, that's probably not going to happen, but while Montgomery's out, if we hear that Montgomery's out this week, he could be a great DFS play because Aaron Jones is a stud, man. Aaron Jones is someone I picked up uh, trying to fill some bye week problems. So when I saw that Ty Montgomery got in a limited practice and I saw that Jamal Williams got in a full practice, I, I, I got sad because Aaron Jones was a guy who I was ready to light up in all of my lineups. I, I said that he was going to be a borderline RB1 if, if, if Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams yeah. missed. And, you know, it's really sad. This game takes place at 425 or at the 425 Eastern time. So you may not have all the answers before you have to make your decisions. That That's the biggest letdown of the the entire thing here but I do Aaron Jones if for whatever reason Ty Montgomery is out and Jamal Williams even if he is playing at less than 100% I think Aaron Jones is an option I don't think you necessarily need to go there in DFS though outside of maybe you know tournament lineups is it possible that Aaron Jones has passed up Williams? I mean, he played well. I think Jones could be the number two now. He played okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't. I think it was too small of a sample size to rule out Jamal Williams going forward. I think Jamal Williams better suits, uh, you know, the complementary style to Ty Montgomery, whereas Aaron Jones is more of a similar running back to Ty Montgomery, which is why I yeah. think that even if Ty Montgomery's out and Jamal Williams is active, I think Aaron Jones still has value because he's going to be the primary pass catching back. The only question is, can Aaron Jones pass block? We don't know if, if he can. You know, that's one of those things where if he can't do that, he's not going to stay on the field. Aaron Rapowski might be out there. We don't there, there's so many questions surrounding it. So, again, Aaron Jones, he's not really going to be a cash game viable running back because there's just too many questions surrounding the Green Bay backfield. But at the same time, in tournaments, those are the those are the types of players that you, you want to take chances on because they can pay off in a really big way. So we talked about the Packers, the other side of this game. The Cowboys are also implied for 27 points. It's going to be a shootout. So you have to like Dak Prescott, who since he joined the league is the most consistent player. Mm-hmm. He's 1,800 less than Aaron Rodgers on FanDuel, but the number two projected quarterback on the slate. So I love him too. If you want to save some money, great play. I'm trying to decide. Uh, cash last week, I went with Dak. I was happy with that. Um, Me too. But but going down, like looking for cash game quarterbacks this week, if you're not going to pay up for Rodgers, Dak 6,800, solid play. Definitely like him there. But there, there's a little concern that Ezekiel Elliott's going to run wild on the Green Bay Packers defense. 
Going down a little bit further, I think that Carson Palmer at 5,900, I think that's a solid play. Uh, they're going to pressure him there. They're, without a doubt, they're going. The, the Eagles have not generated the pressure that I think that most people expected their front seven to. But Carson Palmer is someone who's been sacked 17 times through four games. You know, he's missing his best offensive guard, Mikey Potty. He's missing DJ Humphreys. They've Humphrey's. got four offensive linemen hurt and a run blocking tight end. And they can't run the ball. So it's just, you know, the, the Eagles know what's going on here. The, the Eagles are at home. There's been a lot of people who have asked me, Mike, why do you have the Eagles ranked so high this week in terms of your defense special teams? And th- th- that's the reason why. Their secondary is bad. We get it. But th- that's the thing. You're not betting on that. You're betting on sacks. You're betting on some turnovers. They're going to score some points. But think about it this way, Bobby. The, the reason that I'm scared to use Carson Palmer, they scored 16 points against the Colts, 17 points against the Cowboys, and 18 points against the 49ers. And they needed overtime to do that. They only scored and the Rams points. scored 40-plus against the 49ers. Yeah, that's, so that's my concern. It's not like the 49ers are all right at defense. They're horrible. Exactly. I love Carson Palmer this week for GPP, but I wouldn't dare use him in cash games. I mean, besides Prescott and Rodgers, there isn't a soul I'd consider for cash games. For GPP, there's a few I like. Uh, Carson Palmer, who you mentioned. Deshaun Watson stands out against Kansas City, but I think his ownership is going to be a little too high to excite me. Do you have a GPP option to you like tags? Oh God, no! Nobody's going to want to hear this, but Jay Cutler. <laughs> me um, too. Yeah, I think I think he's a solid option. You know, I talked about Jamie with Jamie Eisenberg. He was in the show with me yesterday doing sit start, and he goes, "Mike, you know as well as I do, you're going to look at rankings, and you're going to see Devonte Parker up in wide receiver one territory. You're going to see you know Jarvis Landry up in wide receiver two territory, and then you're going to see people touting Kenny Stills as someone that you could put in your lineup as a bye week yeah. filler that could you know adding all this stuff up and the fact that Tennessee, the one thing that they've done well on defenses is limit opponents run games everything kind of lines up here for Jay Cutler to kind of get right and I I brought up the fact that this game is in Miami they need to get right this so if let's say they get up 21 to nothing on the Titans the Dolphins are not going to sit back on that the Dolphins need a confidence builder they need to get this offense right so they're going to go out there and do that but one question I wanted to ask you Bobby am I totally off my rocker to think that maybe on DraftKings that you could use Brian Hoyer in cash. He's 4,700. Like he needs to, like in cash, like when, when you kind of go through your cash game lineup, just as like as a home exercise, if you look at the price, all you want is two and a half times is what you're looking for of the salary. So if you have a player that, you know, is 5,000, two and a half times would be 12.5. So with Hoyer at 4,700, you're looking, I mean, if he gets you 11 points, he hits value. And against the There's Colts? a better chance he hits value than anyone else besides Aaron Rodgers or Dak Prescott, in my opinion. So, no, you're not crazy. He's the only guy I'd consider on DraftKings. I wouldn't dare use him on FanDuel. But, right. yeah, at that price point, I mean, it's not like there's great values this week. So, if you need to save money, quarterback's a decent place to do it when you've got $4,700 for Brian Hoyer against a bad defense. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, I, I just saw that. I was like, 4700 Like, wow. It's tempting me to use it in cash. Like, I don't know. I haven't done my lineup construction just yet, but I wanted to throw his name out there because you can fit some big names in your lineup if you were to go through and play Brian Hoyer. Yeah. And for a GPP, you mentioned Jay Cutler. I want to talk about him a little bit more. So what's his ownership going to be? Like 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4%? I mean, they got <laughs> shut out against the Saints. But you have to remember, he's got 10 days to rest. He had to learn a new playbook. He didn't think he was going to play football again, so he had to get in football shape, get back to being a professional athlete. I understand, like, he had the same offseason as everybody else, but, like, he thought he was done. He wasn't keeping himself in, in perfect shape. He's been out there. He didn't really get much practice, and now he's playing against NFL defenses. He's going to be fine. He's Jay Cutler. He's a solid quarterback, and he's going to be a solid quarterback against the Titans. So I think he's a great GPP play tags. 
Yeah, I would rather play him in a tournament over Palmer. I think Palmer, Palmer's upside is really lacking. Like if you go through it and you look like my series that I did this offseason on boom bust and everything in between Carson Palmer over like the last seven years, he has three games where he scored more than 26 fantasy points. Like that's it. Really? So his upside is like non-existent. He doesn't run the ball at all. Cutler can always run in a touchdown. He's an athletic quarterback. And the thing is, Jay Cutler, if you guys, you know, being from Chicago, I've gotten to see a lot of Cutler and Jay Cutler, when when he's under pressure, that's when things go wrong, right? He's forced to make decisions. He's sacked. He fumbles. What the Titans have done this year, they have failed to generate any pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And if you give Jay Cutler time to to sit back and kind of take in the defense, he's going to do just fine. And I think the upside is higher for him. I, I could see a game like it's not out of the realm of possibility where Jay Cutler throws 300 yards, three touchdowns, and he runs for a touchdown. That and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but when you're talking about $5,200 on DraftKings, pair him with Devontae Parker and you have a solid foundation and you can build around that. Yeah, we're looking for someone with a 5 to 10% chance at just going nuts and, and shredding his value. We're not talking about someone who we're expecting to get three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, but this kind of thing does happen with quarterbacks like Jay Cutler. So 5% chance, ownership 0.3%, you got to go for it. I mean, I'm not saying use him in every single GPP lineup, but get some exposure to Jay Cutler. Uh, someone else I have to mention, someone that you laughed at me about two weeks ago, the suddenly blazing hot Eli Manning <laughs> is a solid price on FanDuel. And uh, my favorite GPP play is actually Joe Flacco, who's been horrible, just 33 points in four games, and his price is 7200 so that's pretty high. Guarantees his ownership's going to be nice and low, but I'm telling you, he's against Oakland, bottom five pass defense. He's got a great game script, and most importantly, they finally trusted him to throw 49 passes last week after throwing just 23 per game in his first three contests. This isn't a fluke. He was the league leader in pass attempts over the past two seasons. Um, so look, I think the 49 is, is the real deal. I think he's going to get 40 plus again, maybe 50 pass attempts this week. He may be terrible. He may be playing hurt, but Flacco has huge upside and low ownership, so I love him. Yeah, he's forty seven hundred on DraftKings too. He was one. He was another one that I threw out there with Hoyer that I was kind of like, all right, which one would I choose if I had to pick one? And it would be Hoyer uh, for safety in a cash game. But Joe Flacco, you know, I, I kind of went through this in the primer and talked about how I feel about Flacco this week and what the what the Ravens must do in order to combat the pass rush that the Raiders bring. Because if there's one thing that the Raiders do well, it's get after the passer, right? The offensive yeah. line of the Ravens is in shambles. You know, they they've lost both interior lineman that's not good Marshall Yonda you know was one of the premier pro bowl like he's he's Maybe always a best. pro bowl yeah he might be one of the best guards in the NFL losing him you know the run game's not going anywhere so that the game plan has to be some quick hitting passes right Jeremy Macklin's got to get involved Ben Watson has been targeted a lot more recently and I think that that's no coincidence that that's happened there's it's also not a coincidence that Prashad Perriman and Mike Wallace hadn't really done much uh, I know Wallace had a solid game last week but he's also a receiver that can do different things. I, I think that this is a needs to be a quick hitting offense uh, to move the ball. I don't think they need to take very many chances going against EJ Manuel and the Raiders. Uh, but again, this game is in Oakland, which is a little concerning. Uh, you know, it's it's just a tough place to play, and the Raiders are going to hold onto the ball with Marshawn Lynch, and that can kind of transition yeah. us into the running back position. And honestly, Bobby, I, I want you to talk me off the ledge here because like I I have Marshawn Lynch ranked as my number seven running back this week. And I know people are going to tell me I'm nuts because I want to say his 
His consensus is around 20, but the Ravens' run defense is awful. Uh, Brandon Williams missed the last two weeks, and if you go through and look at it, Leonard Brandon Fournette... Brandon Williams is really good. That's a big deal. Yeah. I, in the last two weeks, they've allowed over 320 yards rushing, three rushing touchdowns to the combination of the Jaguars and, and the Steelers. And, you know, coming into that game, the Steelers hadn't run the ball well at all. So to see Le'Veon Bell go off for 144 yards and two touchdowns, that's saying something. Marshawn Lynch, this game is in Oakland. It, it, it's a, they need to rack up wins so that they can afford to give Derek Carr the rest that he needs. Because if they lose yeah. two games in a row, they're going to feel pressure to get him back on the field. This is a winnable game against the Ravens. They just lost Brent Urban on the defensive line uh, like uh, two weeks ago. You can run the ball on them. Run the ball. Marshawn Lynch is like a must play at 5,100 in cash for me. Lynch is a must play on DraftKings. I agree. Um, he's not on FanDuel. He's on my radar. I like Marshawn Lynch. I have him higher than expert consensus. I mean, what are they going to do? Put their playoff hopes on EJ Manuel's right. back? No, they're going to run the ball with Marshawn Lynch, who's a good player. I mean, he hasn't really been that great this year. Like, if you watch the tape, he's had some explosions and everything, but he's not the same Marshawn Lynch we're used to, but he is a workhorse. He is going up against a bad defense, so you've got to keep your eye on him. Uh, I think Marshawn's going to have a solid week. Um, for me, I mean, I think Le'Veon Bell, he had the oh, huge yeah. game, 186 yards from scrimmage, 39 touches against Baltimore. First of all, Baltimore, I don't think we can say they're bad against the run. They have been bad against the run. I think we can say for sure that they're not great against the run, though. So you can use a player like Marshawn Lynch against Baltimore and feel fine about it, not be super worried. You know, we, we all know that stat. They didn't give up 100 rushing yards for however many games to any running back. That's not the case anymore. It's not the same running defense. Anyway, Le'Veon Bell, huge ownership this week. I'm talking above 50%. People are just going to look at the Jaguars' defense, see they were torched by the Jets, worst against the run all year. But, I mean, that game was in London. And after that, most teams get a bye. They came back and they played a game right after that. Plus, they gave up 75 yards on a five-yard run when the running back tripped. Everyone thought the play was dead. So I think he's going to have a much harder time than everyone expects against Jacksonville. So I'm actually fading Le'Veon Bell in cash games wow. and GPP. Are you on him, Tags? I like Le'Veon. I, I can't find a way to go away from him. And the reason I say that is because what Jacksonville does extremely well, get after the quarterback, right? And they they cover perimeter wide receivers extremely well. So when you talk about Jalen Ramsey covering Antonio Brown, and you talk about A.J. Boye matching up with Martavis Bryant, who, by the way, that's one to watch because if they're going to trust A.J. Boye in man-to-man coverage and they're going to load the box to stop Le'Veon, Martavis can burn anybody in coverage, like anyone. There isn't a cornerback in the league who can stay with them, you know, stride for stride. So I think Martavis, like that's just what I want to mention just as a, as a tournament play. I think that's that's strong. But at the same time, that's what they do well, right? They stop perimeter wide receivers. So when you try and figure out how the Steelers are going to score the points that we're expecting them to score this week, it, they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to move that. You don't think that Jesse James is going to be involved much. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is, is a player that you should watch because, you know, over the in middle. In the red zone. Yeah, he's not well, going to be on the field enough to to play in GPP in my well, opinion. Well, he actually played more snaps than Martavis Bryant last week. And the reason this happened is because Eli Rogers was a healthy scratch. People are talking about him and the fact that Eli Rogers, that he, he's a hamstring injury. That's not true. He was a healthy scratch last week. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is the number three receiver and he's playing the slot. If he's playing that much, why, why do they not throw him the ball? until they get in the red zone it's a good question I, I think that it, maybe it just it might be the fact that he's a rookie maybe Roethlisberger doesn't trust him by the way Ben Roethlisberger he's running his mouth again and the guy just needs to stop <laughs> um like seriously like d stop Ben Roethlisberger please stop um but 
<laughs> it, like I said, going back through this game, the way that the Steelers are going to score points is through Le'Veon Bell, and they have to move the ball through him. I just, you don't want to be on the wrong end of this, where it's like if he has that 50% ownership and he goes off like I'm kind of expecting him to, you don't want to be on the wrong end of that, you know, that Le'Veon Bell's conversation. I'm not saying Bell's a bust. I'm not saying he's a bad play. I'm saying that there's other running backs I like, and I'd rather spend my money at wide receiver and quarterback because I think there's really not too much value to be had at those positions. So I'm also fading Zeke, who's also going to have big ownership. I know he had 25 points, but with two touchdowns and against a defense, they give up 40 to the 49ers. Green Bay just, uh, you know, they don't have a good defense, but they aren't bad against the run. I just think people are too excited because they see the 25 points and they don't realize, you know, a lot of it was on two touchdowns and Green Bay's defense isn't actually that bad. He could go off, but I'm not banking on it and paying that price when there's other strong options to the position. So who are you paying up for then? Like, so who are the top options? Like if you're fading Bell and Zeke, who, I mean, I'm not playing Gurley. Oh no, I'm not playing Gurley either. I'm playing Carlos Hyde. He's really good, man. I know he's listed as questionable, but he's healthier than last week when he saw another 21 touches. Now his backup's banged up. I'm expecting 20 to 30 touches against the Colts, who are one of the worst run defenses in football. I'll be using Hyde in cash games for sure. And then I'm playing Leonard Fournette in cash too. 93 touches in four games this season against three of the best run defenses in football tags. He looks like Zeke from last year from a fantasy standpoint. And like Hyde, he shows up on the injury report with a knickknack injury, so people are going to be off him. The Jags are the biggest underdogs on the slate, but they use Fournette in every game script no matter what. They've been in three blowouts. They give him the ball a ton no matter what. He could go nuts this week against a subpar Steelers run defense, and I think he has a high floor too. So Carlos Hyde, Leonard Fournette for me, Tex. I would stay away from Hyde and Cash. And I'm not saying that I don't like Hyde as a, as a running back because I think that there's always a good shot as he scores a touchdown this week. But the Colts' run defense has been a lot better than I think anybody gave him credit for. Coming into the year, they were they replaced a lot of their linebackers from last year and they did it with like a bunch of little pieces. They didn't go out and get a really big name or anything. Uh, but there's like, I want to say like four new linebackers on this team. Uh, so So far... 3.7 yards per carry. They've played Todd Gurley. Remember that week one where they held Gurley to 19 or uh, 40 yards on 19 carries. And we all said, oh, God, Todd Gurley must be back in 2016 form. And then, you know, they haven't played any really, really strong Chris Johnson, Isaiah Crowell, and then the Seahawks running backs last week. So you have to kind of wonder. But at the same time, what if they install the same game plan that they used against the Rams in week one uh, when they held Gurley to those 40 yards on 19 carries? Like, that's my concern with Carlos Hyde because, you know, force Brian Hoyer to beat you. And I, I think Brian Hoyer is competent enough where I think that the 49ers do win this game. Hyde would bank on a touchdown. I don't think that we're going to see him get 100 yards or anything. You don't think he gets a touchdown? I mean, the Colts have given up the six most points to running backs this season. Yeah, they have allowed four uh, rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown. So that's what I'm saying. I don't dislike Hyde, but I don't know if you need to go there and cash. Like, I would rather play Marshawn Lynch and cash than Carlos Hyde. Okay. I mean, 18 touches, 28 touches, 21 touches the last three weeks. Yeah, he's 6,900. That's, that's that's my issue. He's is cheap, like, man. I want to see him down like I want to see him in like the 6,000 range down where like McCaffrey and Mixon are. I would like to see him down there. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So, I mean, like I said, for what I it's worth, he's the number six projected running back um, according to our consensus projections. And he's the number nine priced player. So it is a value. You're making a good point about the uh, the safety aspect, but... I mean, you have to remember, San Francisco is almost always the underdog, and he's still putting up these points. This week, 
it's even. It's dead even. So he could get even more work. Oh, yeah. You won't find a bigger Carlos Hyde fan than me. Like, I like Hyde. I just worry about this team. The offensive line, for whatever reason, like, they're they're playing better than I think everybody expected because most people had them in the conversation with the, with the Seahawks, myself included. Uh, but yeah. they've been blocking pretty well for him, actually. I can't really complain about the blocking in San Francisco. Obviously, you know, the Kyle Shanahan effect is real. And um, it's worked out pretty well. But, you know, you going through the running back position. That's why for me, you know, in my lineups, Le'Veon Bell and Lynch are going to be the majority of it. The only other players I'm really thinking about is like DeMarco Murray's down to 5,400. I'm not in love with him, but you're getting a big discount. Yeah, you're getting a big discount on him against a Miami defense that's really lacking. And honestly, it seems like Matt Castle is going to start this game. They're lacking, but they have a lot of skill at defending the run. That that one makes me nervous. I would not use him for cash. Yeah, I wouldn't use him in cash, but I just think he's an interesting option for like tournaments because nobody wants to play DeMarco Murray right now, but it's a similar situation to Marshawn Lynch where I don't think Marcus Mariota plays this game. And if Mariota doesn't play the Titans, a team that who had playoff, you know, aspirations, people thought that they could, they could go deep into the playoffs. They need to win games. And the way that they do that is running the football. It's going back to what they did very, very well last year. So I think that they run the ball 40 times this week against Miami, if possible. The only way that it doesn't happen is if Miami blows them out. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, I'm not saying it can't because Tennessee's defense is really, really bad right now. But DeMarco Murray, he, you're getting the discount. 5,400 against Miami. I'm not I'm not running from that. Miami has allowed the... Oh, looks like they've allowed... They're, they're, you know, they're like bottom 10 in terms of uh, fantasy points allowed to running backs. Like they're, they're one of the defenses that you'd want to target. So again, 5,400, not too bad. You know, if DeMarco Murray goes for 130 and two or three touchdowns, is anyone going to say, no way, I can't believe that happened. Of course not. DeMarco Murray is really good. He's still really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's the thing is Miami, if there's one thing they've done well, it's it's limit the run. But if you go through and you look at their opponents, Melvin Gordon, who's really struggled this year, Bilal Powell, I think he's hurt. Matt Forte, I agree. Uh, and then Mark Ingram last week. Alvin Kamara looked really good in the passing game. Speaking of which, Alvin Kamara needs to start he playing He is more. really good, man. Alvin Kamara, I was wrong about him. That guy can play some football. Yes, he definitely can. How do you feel about Isaiah Crowell this week? 4,700. It's a game. And again, neither me and you are not Isaiah Crowell fans. But at the same time, it's very rare we get a situation where Crowell is at home and favored in a game. That's that's the case this week. They're at home against the Jets, who are coming off two wins, who have played better against the run than I, I guess people expected. But at the same time, we're still talking about the Jets. Isaiah Crowell, 4,700. How do you feel? So the Browns had 65 snaps last week. Crowell played 22 of them. Mm-hmm. 22 out of 65. No, I'm not interested whatsoever. <laughs> Don't ever play Isaiah Crowell again. His DFS career is over, in my opinion. That's so awesome. Is is there any way that you would put Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy in a lineup? 3,700, 3,400? No. I mean, yeah, I, I would consider virtually anybody for DFS because there's always bad plays that go off and no one's going to own those bad plays. So you get some exposure to a lot of guys. I, I still want to get exposure to Crowell, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably get some exposure to one of those guys in case, you know, they end up getting 15 or 20 touches for some reason. I've no idea what's happening with Seattle's backfield, so it could be a big week for one of them. Well, here's an idea for you guys. If you're playing DFS and you can do it on DraftKings, you're able to do late swap, right? Put put one of them in your lineup. Put Rawls in there, actually, because you have to, because he's 3,700, Lacey's 34. 
Wait yeah, on DraftKings, 3700 right. And FanDuel, he's not that price. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying, and FanDuel doesn't do late swap either. So you have to do this on DraftKings where you go. So wait until those afternoon games, they're, they're coming up. And you're, you're going to find out who's supposed to be starting. Because all you have to do is pay attention to the beat writers. We can find out whether Lacey or Rawls is starting for the team. Whoever is starting, play them in your lineup. Because the, the Rams defense, despite getting Aaron Donald back in week two, here's what they've allowed since then. The Redskins have run for 222 yards against them. The 49ers... 104 yards against them. The Cowboys last week, 161 yards against them. They've allowed, it is now six rushing touchdowns through four games. One receiving touchdown. They allow massive points to ground games. So again, at 37 and 3,400, you're taking extremely little risk. And and I mean, like I said, when we we talk about that, you know, trying to hit two and a half times value, if Lacey, if you play him, you're basically saying if he scores nine PPR points, he lives, he hits his value and that's all you're looking for. Uh, If he's, if Eddie Lacey is starting, I would play him at 3,400. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, Aaron Donald's returning. That's great. He's a really good player. He's not great against the run. And this Rams defense, they cannot tackle to save their lives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they don't look very good. All right, Tags, a few other running backs I want to talk about just really quick before we move over to wide receivers. Todd Gurley against a surprisingly pedestrian Seahawks run defense. Lamar Miller still getting a ton of touches. I know he's not great, but he's still getting a ton of touches, and Foreman's still sitting there. But, um, you know, he gets Kansas City at night. Not a great matchup, but he could have a really big game. And then Duke Johnson. I think he's a better version of Chris Thompson. Plus, he has a killer matchup, and he's super cheap. I would love nothing more than to say Duke Johnson is like one of my favorite plays of the week. But the problem is, is that Hugh Jackson continues and he came out today and he said that I I still believe in Isaiah Crowell and he's backing Isaiah Crowell last week. Yes, he only played the it was a season low 22 snaps, but I think it came down to to game script. And I think that Browns have kind of forgotten what they need to do to win games, not put the ball into Sean Kaiser's hands because he. He looks like a rookie. Uh, there's there's really no other way to say it. He, he's not feeling the pressure. I, I went back and watched that game and man, he, he looks there's 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 times where you're like, wow, he could he could put the ball on a rope and, you know, the ball placement was really good. And then other times you watch and the guy has zero awareness, like he just doesn't know what's going on around him. There was a blocker coming on and it wasn't even his blind side. He beat the right tackle and he's coming directly at Kaiser, doesn't even notice he's there, takes a smack in the face. <laughs> and it was just it was just like, how do you not see this, man? And I think this comes back to the fact that, you know, even his college coach had talked about how Deshaun Kaiser wasn't ready for the NFL and that they started him on day one. I'm never on board with that by the way Bobby we didn't even get to talk you and I about the Bears um, I feel sad about that about Trubisky and um, I- I'm on board is saying I'm Stupid. rooting for him but I mean I, I yeah, wish they would have waited for him too I mean, he's a lot better he's he's better than Mike Glennon oh yeah but like they might win an extra game or two now and that really hurts their draft stock and Trubisky won't develop as well in my opinion so I, I don't like the call at all I want to say this tags about Isaiah Crowell if you take out last week when Johnson had a ton more snaps than Crowell. Johnson has more snaps on the season in the first three weeks than Crowell. Yeah, it, it's come down to game script and the fact that Cleveland couldn't stop anybody on defense. With Miles Garrett, with Miles Garrett coming back this week, I I think Cleveland wins this game. And uh, the thing is, I can't see the Jets winning three in a row. Just can't see it happening. I'm betting against yeah. it every single time. Uh, again, again, Cleveland's at home here. The game script could be perfect. I would love to say Duke Johnson. I think Duke Johnson should get more touches than Isaiah Crowell, but Hugh Jackson doesn't. And he's unfortunately the one that matters in this situation. Not so. as many carries, sure. But I mean, think about how many receptions he's got over the last two weeks. What is it, 15 now? 
email. R- right. But does GameScript fit that this week? That's my concern. I don't know, man. That's a good point. Uh, one other player I want to hit on, Amir Abdullah, who granted he only has one touchdown. He's a little banged up, doesn't have the easiest matchup, but you can't beat his price for a workhorse running back. Guaranteed to get 15 plus touches. So for GPP, could have a big game. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, Amir Abdullah, he's someone that I was advocating buying in season long leagues because he was a guy that was getting 15 plus t- uh, carries a week. I still am. That's hard to find. And if people are willing to sell Amir Abdullah, you should be out there buying him right now. I'm not excited about this matchup against Carolina because Carolina does stop the run extremely well. They were pressuring Tom Brady last week. Um, they're, they're wor- their front seven is solid. It's their secondary that has got some question marks in it, um, but their defense is still pretty solid. The, the, the Lions offensive line isn't really where it needs to be, but but again, this will take time. There's some new pieces on that offensive line. So Amir Abdullah, I don't like him this week. But in, in terms of like if we were going to go back to like a season long conversation, I think Amir Abdullah is, is a buy right now. Somebody dropped him in my big money league and oh. uh, I bid $52 on him for fab. Somebody else bid 51. It was awesome. I was so pumped. Wow. Somebody dropped Amir Abdullah. That's that's not. I, yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know. Why do I don't you know drop a running back thinking. that's getting, you know, 15 plus touches a week? You just can't find that on the waiver wire. Yeah, I, I don't know. I almost don't want to tell you about that because I'm embarrassed that I'm in a league where someone <laughs> dropped Amir Abdullah. But, uh, you know, it's just it's cool that I got him for one. Well, no. Well, well, Jamie Eisenberg uh, was talking about the fact that he was in a league that uh, Amari Cooper was dropped. So it happens all over the place, man. What? People overreact to this stuff. I swear. Was it yeah. Jamie that dropped Amari Cooper? No, he didn't. But he, said, <laughs> but, but he said you're getting to the point where it's just getting really ugly. If we find out he said if Derek Carr doesn't come back for multiple weeks, it, you know, he's definitely in the conversation. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to drop Amari Cooper but it's it's desperate times man yeah uh, by the way we have to mention Wayne Gallman uh, everyone's talking about him Chargers run defense is no good um, I'm a little worried about Orleans Darkwa though stealing some touches um, one final note just avoid Joe Mixon at all costs this week then trade right after he struggles this week because Buffalo's run defense is really good and Cincinnati can't block at all so it's going to be an ugly week for him even if he gets 15 touches Maybe he'll sneak into the end zone, but I'm trading for Joe Mixon right after this week. Yeah, Kyle Williams returned to practice for the Bills too. So um, yeah, I, I, Joe Mixon is not a great play. But the thing is, uh, we talked. I talked about this with Brandon Marianne Lee uh, earlier in the week when we did the the waiver wire show, and the fact that running back position is really scarce right now. Like once you get outside the first maybe 12 running backs, it's just you're, you're talking about a big mess. So when you find a guy like Joe Mixon who's get, who's gotten 20 an average of 21 touches since Bill Lazor took over, you kind of have to play. Him, right I mean I don't think you have to in DFS which is why like it's just an ugly slate in term for me like I don't feel confident with very many running backs which is why it, it came back to to Lev Zeke and uh, Marshawn Lynch but I mean wide receiver is definitely a lot better this week and I don't know I don't know how you feel about that how your roster's construction is kind of going but there's some really good mid-priced wide receivers this week. Um, it depends on what you qualify as mid-priced. I'm not as excited about them. Tags, I think wide receiver is tough this week. Jordy is considered the top play according in my model, but the Packers have some offensive line injuries, and you know Dallas can get after the quarterback, so I feel like this is kind of a trap play. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is a good play, but he's not really safe. Beckham's banged up. Brown's going to be covered by Ramsey or uh, Bouye, um, who are two of the top four best cover corners in football. So it's ugly at the top. And as odd as it may sound, I love DeAndre Hopkins again this week. I know you drafted him, and so you love him too. Um, he's going against the Chiefs, so it's not the greatest matchup. But like you said, he's not going to get Peters, and they just throw him the ball too much to ignore. So I like Hopkins a lot. Dez is also a must-play for me in cash against Green Bay in that shootout. He's a touchdown machine, man. Yeah, 6500 in DraftKings is a steal. He's he's more appropriately priced on, on FanDuel. He's 7800 on there. Uh, but for me, Jordy Nelson is the number one play at wide receiver. 
Um, anytime you play Jordy Nelson, you just really get a really good feeling. You have a you have a, a sense of safety around you uh, whenever you play Jordy Nelson. You get and you get that especially when he's in a matchup against Dallas. And you mentioned the offensive line. It's funny because actually both starting tackles are due back this week. They've been practicing. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is actually going to have protection once again. And if you give Aaron Rodgers time, that's dangerous. Good luck, secondaries. Good luck. And you if know, you rush him, good luck, man. He's just so good. <laughs> he is. He's ridiculous. Um, Devonte Adams. You know, it seems like he's going to play, but but he may be doing so on limited practice time throughout the week. Randall Cobb may have the toughest matchup in the slot against uh, Skandrick. I'm not I'm not worried about Skandrick, but again, this comes back to his number one receiver, Jordy Nelson, just destroys the competition. Like, if they wanted to, I'm pretty sure that Jordy Nelson could set the record for touchdowns in a season. Uh, that's just the connection that him and Aaron Rodgers have. And in a game where we expect Aaron Rodgers to throw three, at least three touchdowns, Jordy Nelson's going to be on the end of one of those at minimum. Yeah. Um, but one of my other favorite plays that nobody seems to be talking about, and I, I don't want to say nobody because I don't get to listen to a whole lot of podcasts or anything like that, but I haven't heard anybody mention him this week, and that's Doug Baldwin. Uh, people are scared off him after last week, but... You talking for the- cash games or GPP? Because I will not play Doug Baldwin in a cash game, no matter what the matchup is. Why not? Because he's so risky, man. He has big games, <laughs> and then he just sucks so many times. He does suck sometimes, and that's the thing is people viewed him as this very consistent receiver, and he's really not. Uh, but looking at the slate, you started talking about it and the fact that this is a really, really tough slate when it comes to a lot of the top-tier wide receivers. So when you kind of look at it, he's going to match up with Kayvon Webster, who's been dealing with some injuries himself. He actually missed weeks two and three. They may actually bench him. I don't know if they're going to go to Troy Hill. I don't know what's happening. But with Aaron Donald causing havoc on that Seattle offensive line up front, it's going to be quick hitters. And one of the things I went and looked at to see, I went to use NFL's ne- NFL Next Gen Stats. So they have a stat. It's called targeted air yards. And it basically at the point of where at the point of where Doug Baldwin is being targeted is 8.8 yards down the field. That's the shortest among everybody. Uh, Jimmy Graham, his is, I think, 9.2 yards. Uh, Richardson is at 14.9 yards down the field. And then you have Lockett, who's like 12.2 yards down the field. So, you know, if, if they're generating pressure, which I expect them to against the Seattle offensive line, they're going to need to get the ball out quick. And what better way than Doug Baldwin, who who looked fine. He played a, he played a full complement of snaps last week, so I don't really have any reason for concern in a game that they were destroying the Colts in that second half. But they could have pulled him, and they really didn't. So I think Doug Baldwin's healthy, and it's seven thousand in a PPR format. He's pretty safe. I just can't find anybody else in the slate. Des Bryant, you hit that on the head. Like Des Bryant for sure. He needs to be in your lineup at sixty five hundred. But Devontae Parker, you're playing Devontae Parker, right? Like I think he's cash game viable. Parker's awesome. But I want to say you make sense about Doug Baldwin, but I refuse to say Doug Baldwin <laughs> is ever safe. Um, yeah, Devontae Parker, he's a great play. You know, you talked about it earlier. Everybody on Miami's a great play, except Jay Cutler, supposedly. But yeah, Jay Cutler's a solid play, too. Larry Fitzgerald at Philly for a bargain. Uh, Golden Tate at home against Carolina. They're quality, safe plays. Same goes for Jarvis Landry at home against the Titans. So those are guys I like. Uh, anyone else you like for cash or GPP tags? Uh, if you go down the list, I, I mentioned Mark. Tavis Bryant earlier. I like him uh, for tournaments, but in cash, Jeremy Macklin, you know, nobody, nobody's going to have the, the, the cojones to do it, but I'll do it. I'm going to play Jeremy Macklin in cash this week. I think the matchup is no, too good. No, you're not. Are you serious? 100%. I will play him $4,200. He's got to score 10 points. 10 points. $4,200. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, he's yeah. so cheap. Like On, fan, he's, he, uh, on FanDuel, would you play Jeremy no, Macklin on cash? No, absolutely not. Not in FanDuel. FanDuel, you don't have to. Like that's that's the that's the best part of FanDuel. But honestly, I've always been a better DraftKings player. 
I always just play better in a PPR format. I just feel like it's more predictive. Uh, I know people say it's free points in that, but it also does require... It is more predictive, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, is when it comes down to that, you're going to have the fluke plays, sure, a, a catch for negative two yards or whatever, but it's also more predictive because it comes down to targets. But Jeremy Macklin is in the area of Cole Beasley, Jordan Matthews, who's not playing, Josh Gordon, who's also not playing. Like, that's, that's the range that they have Jeremy Macklin in. Again, like when you're talking about cash, you're trying to find some some players down there in order to fit guys like Le'Veon Bell in your lineup in order to fit Jordy Nelson. So yeah, I will have Jordy Nelson. I will have Jeremy Macklin. And then I may have Des Bryant or Devontae Parker. Like those, that's probably going to be my trio of wide receivers in cash. I don't know if I'd use Parker in cash. I love him for GPP. He's probably my favorite play. The Titans have allowed a handful of monster games receivers this year. But, you know, I don't exactly know who it's all going to go to. There's just, there's three weapons there and Cutler has been spreading the ball out to them. So uh, I love Parker for, for GPP. He could have a huge game. I also love Rashard Matthews for GPP. He looked good again with Corey Davis continuing to miss time. He's a killer price against Miami. So um, maybe narrative street there. But Mariota's not going to play. That's my concern is that if, if Mariota's not playing, you don't want anybody on the Tennessee passing game. Like if he was playing and if he was if he was solid, yeah, I would have no issue with that call. Um, but I he's think not going to play. But like they're still going to throw the ball. Eh, I don't trust Matt Castle. I don't, I don't do think anything. they can run the ball that much against Miami. I, I know you said 40 carries or whatever against Miami. If they do that, they're going to lose this game by two touchdowns because Miami does have a good run defense. I think the only way to hide their defense in Tennessee is to run the ball. And, you know, they have they have the offensive line. They have the running backs to do it. Um, this game could get away from them because their defense is that bad. Miami needs to strike first. Like they need to get on a roll. Otherwise, they're going to lose the game. Like mark my words. Or just Miami throw a 60 yard touchdown pass to Rashard Matthews. Which happens. <laughs> well, th- yeah, well, not Matt Castle, though. So, no, actually, I think a solid pivot, though, like you mentioned, I actually like Devontae Parker better in cash because I think he's going to be so heavily owned. It's going to be ridiculous. But in tournaments, I think it would make sense to pivot off of him and go to Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills at 3,700. We've seen him catch touchdowns. I want to say he led this team in touchdowns last year and nobody's going to play him at 3,700. Another player I want to mention, though, Torrey Smith. <laughs> Can we go back to this? Um, is it possible that Tory Smith like crushes this week because Arizona crushes? I don't hold know. On, hold but on, Tory Smith. You, you got to go back to hold him. On. Let me ask you this question: Do you think Philadelphia beats Arizona? That's the first question. Yes. Okay. Yes. So l- let's talk about how they're going to do that. So Carson Wentz going to drop back to pass. What do or, or they want to run the ball? They're not going to run the ball against Arizona. Arizona's defense has been lights out against the run. Like they don't allow they don't allow anything on the run. It's like it's like three point two yards per carry. It's just bad, and they played some good running backs too, including Ezekiel Elliott. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Okay. What is what else does Arizona do? Well, they stop the tight end tight ends. There have been 21 of the last 22 games where they've held the opposing tight end under 53 yards receiving. So the tight ends out are the it. best against tight ends in yes. all of football, right? Alshon Jeffrey going to match up with who? Patrick Peterson. So, Don't do so, that. so all of a sudden we're just, we're just continue to cross off names here. So if you think that Philadelphia is going to beat Arizona, Torrey Smith or Nelson Aguilar is going to have a game. Like that's going to happen. Like prepare that's yourself. Tr- that makes sense, man. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm saying is like when you, when you walk through all these steps, it's like, all right. And if you look at what they've done so far, it kind of all fits the narrative, right? You go back to week one, Kenny Galladay, the number three receiver, four catches, 69 yards, two touchdowns. Then you go Bryce Butler, Bryce Butler, two weeks ago, 90 yards and a touchdown. So it's just, everything sets up so well. And if Torrey Smith doesn't get it done here, then, you know, it is what it is. But in a tournament play for 3,600, I think you should take a shot. That's genius, man. I love that. <laughs> you totally talked me into it. Last week, I had 100% exposure to Tyler Croft. Yeah, buddy. And I hope you guys followed along because two touchdowns, man. I was really excited about that. 
This Tory Smith one, man, it seems pretty similar. It's down the board a little bit, and I understand that it's going out on a limb, but 3,600, that's nothing. Like, it's it's literally free. Stack your lineup elsewhere and use him in a tournament. Don't play him in cash, obviously, but um, yeah. but yeah, Tyler Croft, I got a lot of love on Twitter for that call. You went Tyler Croft, too? I, I, I didn't hear you say that. That's awesome, man. Oh, yeah, on the show we talked about. Were like, you copying off me, probably? It was funny, because I saw your article come out after that podcast. I'm like, Bobby, listen to the podcast. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, I did not. I didn't, I didn't before I listed that. No, no, it's cool. It, no, it, it, uh, the sharp people should have been on Croft. Like it, it was kind of like a play. He was twenty six hundred on DraftKings. He was so, he was like free. And there's a couple good plays to tight end this week. If uh, I have to mention Jerome Brown first, site minimum on FanDuel. It's incredible. We project him as a wide receiver three. His price is wide receiver number ninety six. Twelve targets last week, over hundred yards. I know John Brown's back, but Jerome has been so good uh, that I have to use him in cash and save some money. It's just a great price. I think he's a solid play too. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna hear an argument from me. Uh, the last two weeks, the Eagles have allowed five receivers to score at least 14.6 PPR points, which is obviously what what uh, DraftKings is. Um, Jerron Brown. I actually talked to Jamie about him yesterday and the fact that uh, Pete Prisco, his uh, his sidekick there at CBS said that he goes out to the Cardinals camp every single year, that he's really close with the coaching staff, he's really close with the owners, and he talks to him every year. And he said that he was on David Johnson before anybody else, saying that the kid was going to be a stud, even when he was on the third on the depth chart. He said that Jerron Brown, that they love Jerron Brown. So he, he's like, you know, Mike, because I, I asked him, in a season-long league, I was I wanted to start Jerron Brown this week, but I also felt like it was a trap. You know, going back to, to J.J. Nelson when they were playing the Cowboys, I wanted to play J.J. Nelson because, for obvious reasons, you know, he was just a guy that was on fire. He seemed to click with Carson Palmer, and then he goes and he does nothing. I felt like it was a trap with Jerron Brown, but after hearing Jamie talk about that, 4,500, I'm on board, and against, especially against the Philadelphia defense, that they, they've been solid against the run, and then they they really don't have a secondary at all. And, and Arizona doesn't have a run game at all. Chris Johnson's just bad. So, Tags, you know who's been even worse than the Browns and Raiders against tight ends this year? The Giants. Hunter <laughs> Henry is out-snapping Antonio Gates now and is stupid cheap. He's 300 bucks cheaper than Tyler Croft, so I love him for GPP. Uh, my cash game plays Evan Ingram, though. Evan Ingram and cash. My cash gameplay is uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. And it's funny. I was waiting for you to come on that because you're like the, the big Safarian Jenkins guy. And uh, I'm the huge Safarian Jenkins. guy. I might like him more than Sammy Watkins. No. OK. <laughs> not, no, no, not quite. But I love ASJ. Yeah, his, his matchup this week is the same one that obviously Tyler Croft had last week. I, again, I expect the Jets to be to lose this game, so therefore the game script should uh, favor him. He's got 10 targets since he returned from suspension. He's number two on the team over that time behind only Robbie Anderson. Uh, so when you're getting you know five, six targets against the Browns, I'll bet on you to hit your value at 3,500. So I mean, yeah. I was going to tell you. I think he could you, be a, a, re- a big time red zone threat too. I mean, he's a big old dude. Oh, yeah, he is. He's massive. He's a very athletic guy. Like this, the talent was never in question. It was more about like his mental state, where he was at. And then it, it came down to where he was playing because he's playing on the Jets, a team that doesn't really score that often. That's the concern. Right. But against the Browns, yeah. I, it makes sense. And I, I actually was going to tell you that this is your week to play Hunter Henry in tournaments. I yeah, I don't I'm, think he's going to be heavily. I don't think he's going to be heavily owned because, like, again, there's been two of four games this year where Hunter Henry has seen zero targets. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know how that he would be over maybe, what, 10% played. 
even though it is a fantastic oh, no. matchup? No, we're talking 4 or 5%. Yeah, you think not, that low? Not getting up towards 10. And Antonio Gates, he's a good play in, in GPP as well because one of these guys is going to get a touchdown or two. I, I think it's the case against the Giants. Um, I want to go back to Evan Ingram really quick. I mean, he's just getting so much work. Odell Beckham still banged up a little bit. So I think he's a nice, safe play. Uh, there's one other guy I like the position. I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot because it's just it's just touchdown or bust. Um, but I like Jared Cook too. He's getting consistent targets. Baltimore has incredible corners. Again, two of the top six in football, and they haven't really been stopping the tight end. So I think Jared Cook's a safe play. I just again, this comes back to me not being able to trust EJ Manuel. And I, I mean, if you think he's better than I do, then that's obviously where I think he's more likely was. to throw to the tight end than Derek Carr was. Also. Uh, he's been targeting uh, Jared Cook quite a bit. And Jared Cook is someone that, you know, it's funny, we've had a conversation with this with our boss uh, about Jared Cook and the fact that we don't like him very much. And he, he's just screwed people over for so long that you have this deep-rooted anger and hate towards Jared Cook. Um, so when you add in EJ Manuel and you have two extremely high variants, like, I just don't want to play him. Antonio Gates was interesting. And the reason that I, I wouldn't play him is because even if he scores a touchdown, I don't think he, like, crushes. Uh, like, Antonio Gates just looks like he's done with football right now. I don't know why he's playing more than Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry should be the primary tight end, whereas Antonio Gates is like a, a goal line player. Like if they the get Chargers hurt. clearly don't want to win. If they started Hunter Henry 90% of the snaps, instead of 0-4, they'd be like 3-1. and Yeah, it doesn't even matter if they're home or away. Like the, the, the opposing team has more fans wherever they're at, so it really sucks to be the Chargers <laughs> right now. Um, like seriously, like they played against the Eagles last week, and there were more Eagles fans at that game than there were Chargers fans. Um, they can move to St. Louis, man. We'd support them. <laughs> Evan Ingram, man, that, that that one's interesting. He's the number seven fantasy tight end right now. The Chargers have yet to allow a touchdown to opposing tight ends on 19 targets. I also seem to think that they may need him to block a little bit more this week because the only thing the Chargers really do is bring pressure. Um, yeah, that's my only concern with him because he's looked really, really good. I just think I would rather play Hunter Henry. They can split him out out wide and let another tight end block, though. I mean, he's virtually a wide receiver. He's good like Marquise Colston. They need like seven men on the offensive line with how bad their offensive line looks like. Seriously, the Giants. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They really they really do. It's so ugly. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. Like if you um, Brian Baldinger on Twitter, I don't know if you follow him or not, but like if you're listening to the show, follow that guy. Like he does this thing called Baldy Breakdowns and he's um, a former player and he goes through and he talks about like, you know, schemes and like how everything kind of works and why players succeed and why they don't. And he went through the Giants offensive line and he like ripped him to shreds. And if you watch it, it's impossible to you just wonder how certain guys on that offensive line have jobs. And that's that's not something that I like to say. But seriously, how do they have jobs? Well, I mean, Eric Flowers is probably faster than both of us. And he's he's huge. But he's he's so huge, man. I mean, you have to give him a chance. I, I, I know that like. Okay, maybe you give him a chance by like letting him improve at practice, but he's so talented that he has to have an NFL job. I I would disagree. I think this is one of Bobby's hot takes, by the way. I think welcome back to the show, Bobby, because no, Eric Flowers deserves to be on the bench. Like he cannot play. You cannot. Yeah, yeah. He deserves to be on the bench, but he has to have a job. He's so talented. I mean, he's an athlete, if that's what you mean. That's just, what I'm saying. But he's just not and very good at athletes can become superb football players if they get enough chances. Tell that to Terrell Pryor, who sucks. By the way... He was good last week. So, no, hold on a second. So, on Monday, before that game even happened, we recorded our podcast, and I said that I expected Terrell Pryor to have a semi-decent game, and that if he did, you should sell him. If you are listening to this show and you own Terrell Pryor, and if you have not sold yet, what is wrong with you? Seriously, sell him. That touchdown, it, it, the ball hit him right in the breadbasket. He kind of little did a little push-off against Marcus Peters, but that's really all 
all he did the entire game. And now Terrell Pryor is actually maybe facing a suspension. Uh, he apparently got into it. With, he, I didn't even hear exactly the whole, the full details of what happened. But when you talk about something racist slurs against against him, and he turned around and fl- flipped him off. He uh, he said exactly what happened, and you know that he's not proud of it or whatever. But I mean, if somebody did that to me and I was face to face with them, like I would do worse than flipping them well, off. It's right? tough. I, I, it's tough. I, I mean, I, I want to have self control, but like if somebody's yelling that in my face the whole game. I don't know how I would deal with it. Yeah. And we, I, I don't know how these guys have as much self-control as they have. No, right. And we don't know, you know, what happened all throughout the game and things like that. And it goes back to like the whole Ron Artest situation where it's like things can get ugly. These these athletes, like you can, if you've ever been to a game, if you've ever been close enough to the field, all these fans do is scream negative stuff at the players all game long, at the opposing team, right? And at some point, yes. And if you're having a bad game, it's really easy to just turn around and say, you know what? Uh, you know, that's easy to do, but at the same time, they have to be better than that. Um, and yeah, Terrell Pryor, yeah, you're right. Terrell Pryor just hasn't been very good in the football field. That's what it all comes back to for me. And just because he's an athlete doesn't mean that he's going to dominate players in the field. And he hasn't. Um, they have their bye week now. It's Josh Doxson. If this guy could stay healthy, like if he could just stay healthy, like it's so aggravating because after the game, reportedly dealing with some shoulder issue issue now. I, I I'm almost I'm this close to giving up on Josh Doxson, but he is the most talented wide receiver on that team. Yeah, I like Josh Doxson. No, he's not even close to the most talented. But uh, moving on to defense, uh, I actually love the Texans for GPP. The Chiefs have been great, uh, and Smith doesn't really turn over the ball, but 4,300 on FanDuel for the best defense in football. And when the Chiefs allow plenty of sacks, their ownership's going to be really low. It's just too good of a GPP recipe for me to pass up. I like the Eagles a lot. And again, nobody wants to hop They're on. my cash defense. Yeah, it's not even close for me. Eagles all the way. Do you not? So one player that I, one team that I was thinking about in cash, I don't know if I need to. Again, I haven't I haven't constructed too many lineups yet, but the Bills, the Bills are on the road against the, the Bengals. And I know that the Bengals have looked good the last two weeks, which is why that you're why you're seeing the price down at twenty six hundred for the Bills. Like they're they're down in the area of the 49ers and Dolphins defenses. Like that's down where they're at. They're averaging ten point three points per game. Uh, and they've played a lot better offenses than, than the Bengals. The Bengals offensive line is still in shambles. I know they've had two solid weeks, guys, but again, it's been against bad defenses. The Bills have been really good under Sean McDermott. I think the Bills at 2600 if you need to save the $500 to go from the Eagles down to the Bills, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I haven't really thought about this one much, but I mean, think about this. They're going to stop Joe Mixon, as I already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eifert is almost certainly out. I don't know if it's official yet, but yeah, he's going to be out. Yeah, they officially ruled him out. Yep. And then you've got... A superstar in the making, in my opinion, Tredavious White. I don't know if you've seen this kid play tags, cornerback for Buffalo. He might already be a superstar. He is really, really good. Going to be going up against A.J. Green. So what do the Bengals have, man? I don't see them really putting up many points this week. That's the point is like Tredavious White. And yes, I have seen the kid play and he looks really good. E.J. Gaines and him have kind of played over their heads like better than I thought they would. You know, they they came in to replace Stephon Gilmore and Ronald Darby and they've done it without like a hitch. They, they've played better, actually. Stephon Gilmore in New, in New England looks awful. Um, so this is the first real test because last week it was Julio Jones, right? And then Julio got hurt, by the way. Julio, stay healthy, man. Like, seriously, it's like a Ferrari. Um, Killed me last week. I did so well in a GPP lineup, and Julio Jones getting hurt 
it was the end of me. Yep. I finished 12th place in a GPP while Julio got hurt. And it was like 6.2 thousand people. Um, it could have been a first place lineup had Julio stayed healthy and, and done what I thought he would to the, the Bills defense. But even then, even before he got hurt, he was held to three catches, 30 yards. So it's not like he was destroying in that matchup. This one is like the, the, the end all be all for me with AJ Green seeing as many targets as he has. Like if, if they shut down AJ Green here, I, I will I will talk about it next next week's show and the fact that the Bills are a legit defense that you just fade uh, all of your players in. Like you don't play against yeah. you don't play your players against them. And Kyle Williams coming back that's that's big for them on the defensive line. So yeah, I think the Bills at twenty six hundred are a sharp play. I also think that the Raiders are in play at twenty nine hundred against the Ravens. Joe Flacco has now nice price. has now turned the ball over. I want to say it's in ten straight games. Uh, ten straight games he's had at least one interception. They're just not doing very much on the offensive side of the ball. You, you're, just, you're basically banking on at least one interception, and you're going to get at least three to four sacks. So that's why the Raiders, I think, are in play at 2,900. I noticed you didn't mention the Steelers. I think they're going to be the top-owned defense on FanDuel this week. But listen to this, okay? And, and go ahead and laugh. Bortles has fewer interceptions over his last six games than Aaron Rodgers. The Jaguars allow the fewest sacks of any team in football. I'm not saying Bortles is good. He sucks. But he isn't the number one quarterback to pick on, and the Steelers aren't world beaters, so this one just seems overhyped to me. They're going to be like 25% owned. I'm not really that interested. Yeah, the Steelers' defense, thats I, I haven't really given them any thought. It's because I just i feel like if they want to, they can run the ball. Um, it could be a lot of garbage time scoring, too, where I just... I don't know. I'm not yeah. I'm not really that interested in the Steelers' defense. I saw that they were the top-priced defense on DraftKings, and I scrolled right past them because I, I, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that they're worth that unless you're going with like a tournament lineup. But again, if they're going to be that highly owned, then why not just go somewhere else? Yeah. All right, Tags, that's all we have for the show today. It was fun chatting again, man. It was so fun, man. I'm so glad to have you back. I, I do much better in this, in this chair than I do yours. Your chair, <laughs> I just, I basically was there to keep it warm. That's all. I also want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, draft.com. So go ahead and sign up and deposit at draft.com slash pros. That way you can be notified and draft against me and tags. We're going to be doing several of them a week. And also make sure to subscribe and review us on iTunes so you can get entered for the Hall of Fame package giveaway. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me just all-